This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Episode number 81 here, the Healthy Scratch interview segment on the Huskies Warming House podcast. I'm Noah Grant, joined alongside Nick Maxson. And Nick, uh, we were joined alongside a co-host of yours, a new co-host on, on a weekly show going on that you were a part of. What have you been up to in relation to our guest and who the heck is our guest this week? Uh, someone with the last name Micheletti. That's all you have to know. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Who? I've uh, never heard of him. No, it's uh, Alex Micheletti. Uh, it is the, for those who are putting one into the, yes, it is the son of Pat Micheletti. Um, and the big reason why we had him on this week, Noah, is because uh, he went to school at uh, Mankato. Uh, Where? Was, uh, he was, a, I know, right? Uh, some division <laughs> two school somewhere. I'm not a clue. Um, I know, right? So uh, we felt it was fitting to bring him on uh, to kind of preview of this weekend's number one versus number two matchup. Uh, even though it's only week number two in college yeah. hockey. Holy heck. Um, and honestly, you no, know, a, a little side note for the Huskies fans who are upset that the Huskies are number two and not number one. Uh, you beat up on a, you know, basically a first time division one school, you can, you can, we can have the discussion of whether UMass should have been number one. They were, and uh, Mankato swept them. So they rightfully jumped yeah. the three spots mm-hmm. from four into one. Um, and I'm not worried about, you know, this weekend, as far as, you know, I think it's going to be a tight series. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in this uh, episode. Uh, but me and Alex are actually uh, joining the soda pond. Uh, we had our inaugural um episode last week uh, our little segment is called the mncaa see what we did there no pun intended um but we have a representative from each and every school i'm representing st cloud he again is going to be representing mankato um still filling out the other four spots as we speak uh but we'll be providing weekly content and hype for um you know, each respective schools uh, uh, on the soda pile which is branching out into the college hockey realm um, and also maybe provide a little bit of Minnesota Wild Talk, although we're going to be primarily focused on the college hockey scene uh, and the happenings, uh, therefore, between at least ours, St. Louis State Huskies, and again, the other six schools here in Minnesota, the actual state of hockey, UMass, no, you are not the state of hockey. So mm-hmm. um, that's who we uh, that's who we have on this week. And, uh, and, uh, and no, I kind of want to actually kick uh, the question you normally ask me to you, um, you know, for, for a guy with Alex and, you know, he's got the hockey bloodlines, no question. Um, you know, there's, there's some expectations of maybe some knowledge and uh, there's no question. He's, he definitely knows this stuff. That's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say this matchup this weekend is going to be a hell of a matchup between Mankato and St. Cloud. So tune in wherever you are. But um, on Alex's side, I think the thing that is really enjoyable about him is that he combines that knowledge with a real, you know, 
casualness to to what he does and that doesn't mean that he's you know lackadaisical in his prep or his knowledge it just means that he's able to you know really relate in a way that feels like you're just sitting down having a beer with the guy and talking hockey and i think that's really impressive the, the way that he does that so that was my favorite part is just getting to listen to him uh talk about you know that knowledge and do it in a way that doesn't that doesn't sound like me where i'm trying to be overbearing about it most of the time so oh, like you when you ask multiple questions yeah yeah exactly <laughs> although I think this was the final debut of a multi-part question for a certain co-host on this show. But nonetheless, we're going to do some college hockey. We're going to talk about some Minnesota wild hockey, and we're not going to keep you waiting. Alex Micheletti in episode number 81. And welcome back to the Den Husky Warmer Nose Podcast, fans. We are now on episode 81, and holy cow, do we have a fantastic episode for you. Number one versus number two this weekend coming up. Mavericks versus Huskies, and we couldn't find a better person to break down what could be uh, one of the better hockey weekends of the season, and we're only in week two here, Noah, and joining us very graciously, Alex Micheletti. Uh, Alex, thanks again for joining us, man. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to make my debut. I've uh, always wanted to be on here, so couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't pick a better time for one versus two, and uh, I'm actually going to the game on Friday with my dad, so um, yeah, looking looking forward to being being back down in Mankato as a Mankato grad, and so it's it's been a while, so uh, definitely looking forward to being back in the rink. Hey, question, does loser cake taste better in vanilla or chocolate? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, we'll see. It should be, it should be a fun weekend either way. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to some great hockey. Uh, you know, I think it should be a battle for both teams. So yeah, look very looking, very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, well, as we said on our Twitter page about a week ago, we'd be happy to quote unquote redirect you and give you any quote unquote tips that you are <laughs> looking for as we uh, as we head into game weekend. Uh, uh, speaking speaking of your dad, I, I believe he's with a certain uh, very eloquent uh, broadcaster in this realm this uh, this weekend. Can you kind of tell us what he's going to be up to? Yeah, um, well he he does uh, he does some TV stuff with with Nick, but uh, he's filling in on the radio uh, for Friday uh, with, with our, with our guys down there. So um, yeah, I think, I think he's going to really look forward to doing the radio. He's been doing a lot of TV, so um, it'll be nice for him to, to do some radio with Erickson and uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun. Jim is, um, he's a a wonderful broadcaster. Number one, number two, um, how, you know, you could really couldn't pick a better, you know, sort of way to do this, right? Uh, number one versus number two. I think, and it's interesting, Alex, we look at the non-conference schedule like months ago, right? We, we saw that these old Minnesota rivalries from the old WCHA were going to be playing together. And there was already excitement that was brewing from that, right? But who would have thought that second weekend of the season, were we talking a number one team in the country versus number two? Um, I mean, the game has already hopped up enough before, you know, this last weekend's results, but now, it's at a whole different level, wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, I mean, and and both teams are just rock solid. They have depth. Uh, they have both have great goaltending, uh, amazing, amazing coaching staffs on on both sides. I mean, you couldn't ask for for a better <laughs> better weekend, and uh, it should be rocking. Uh, yeah, both both fan bases should be down there because um, it's not too far of a drive for 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 folks from St. Cloud and uh, Mankato will have, uh, will have their uh, uh, side of it uh, all full too. So yeah, that should be amazing and bring back, uh, bring back the old rivalry. And uh, plus you got the, uh, the, you know, trying to uh, make some revenge from the frozen four for the Mavs and for St. Cloud to keep up the bragging rights. So yeah, it should be, 
should be a lot of fun and uh, get the band rocking too for uh, with the students. And so, yeah, should be, should be a lot of fun. Well, I, I think I speak for Huskies fans everywhere. Uh, twofold. One, we're happy that you beat UMass. We'll take that any day of the week. And honestly, that hockey game in the Frozen Four between Mankato and St. Cloud really could have gone either way. Both teams, it was one of those games where both teams really did deserve to go to a national title game. I mean, I, I think we can all agree that that could have been the national title game um, in, in a lot of years. Uh, but speaking of players that get to a title game and kind of motivate themselves to get to that position. Dryden McKay, um, one of the best goaltenders in the country. Last year, uh, he was maybe snubbed. I kind of want to get your opinion on that with the award, and I believe he is part of the first wave of new CCHA award winners in CCHA 2.0 league history this week as well, too. Yeah, he got goaltender of the week, so uh, not not bad when you uh, when you shut out uh, the defending national uh, champs on Friday and then complete the sweep on Saturday. Or, to, you know, um, shut them out on Saturday and then complete the sweep on Sunday. So yeah. Um, and Nathan Smith got forward of the week. So, um, but yeah, Dryden, um, you know, I think he really deserved the, the Richter. Um, you know, he's, he's one shutout away from tying Ryan Miller's, uh, shutout streak, um, at, at 26, which, you know, no matter what era in college hockey, it's, it's incredible. And no matter who you're playing, if you shut out of your opponent, you know, I mean, you're doing something right. And, <laughs> he shut out the Gophers in the, in the national tournament. So I don't know what else he had to do to prove it, but uh, whatever can motivate him again, uh, I think, I think he'll, he'll put that, you know, it's a chip on his shoulder and uh, he's out, he's out to prove people not only, uh, you know, cause he's one of the smallest goaltenders in college hockey too. Uh, you would say six feet, but I, I would, I think he's five eleven. and uh, um, you don't, you know, with the way goaltenders are going, you see six, three, six, four, like it's nothing. So it's pretty impressive what he does at his size as well. And uh, yeah, it all comes down to technique and, 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 you know, how you, you know, how you play in the net there. So. Alex, I think, you know, the size or the height, you know, kind of just depends on which convenience store he's leaving, honestly. Um, you know, that's the way I see it. Uh, but you talk about Mankato and St. Cloud. Both of these squads are almost sort of built from the back forward, right? I mean, both these clubs have got very deep uh, defensive cores that got, you know, that rock in that. Uh, how important is Dryden McKay to the success of the Mavericks for this season coming up? Oh, uh, tremendous. You know, they, they do have a lot of depth on their, on their back end. Um, but I mean, he, he stirs the pot, you know, he, um, he controls the game, uh, and his decor is so incredible too. They, um, you know, if you take a look at you when they played UMass, I mean, they almost doubled, uh, outshot him. Um, and so they really, uh, the defensive structure that Mike Hastings, um, you know, has, uh, it, it just, you know, it, it sucks the life out of teams. You know, they, if they can get a lead, um, they really, um, you know, shut, you know, shut down the opponent and, and really frustrate them and limit limits the chances for Dryden, um, you know, and so he can see the puck and, you know, just really it, you know, it just, the, the opposing teams, they, uh, they just don't know what to do out there, you know? Um, so, um, you know, it, it makes his job easy. Uh, but when he has to, you know, stop the tough ones, he's been doing that his entire career. So yeah, it's impressive to watch for sure. Alex, I've got kind of a two-parter for you. Cause that's, that's my custom, my style first. I, It'll I, be three parts. Just, <laughs> be, just be aware. <laughs> or, or seven. We'll, we'll have to decide first. It's kind of, it's kind of a common question that uh, we ask a lot of the players that go to St. Cloud state, but, 
Uh, you've got Pat going to the University of Minnesota. You've got us as St. Cloud State alums. What kind of moved you uh, to the Mankato area, and why did you want to become a Maverick? Yeah, um, I absolutely fell in love with the campus down there. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's uh, it's not too it's not too big and it's not too small. Um, and you know, it was an hour away from where I grew up. I grew up in Egan, Minnesota, and so. Um, also wanted to go to a school that had a D1 hockey team. And so, uh, I visited St. Cloud too. And, uh, but yeah, just, just fell in love with, with the campus, uh, life down there. And, uh, the, at the time the Verizon center, now it's, uh, uh it's a long like name associated with Mayo clinic, uh, health system, but, uh, um, yeah, it, the, the hockey games are so much fun. Uh, the student section was great. Um, and, uh, got a chance to work for the team down there when I was at school from, uh, 2009 to 2013. And so, um, had, uh, the Troy Judding years for a couple of years, mm -hmm. which were, which were a struggle. Um, and then Hastings, uh, Hastings took over and completely transformed the, the hockey team and, and, uh, you know, brought some energy to the community again. And it's amazing to see, uh, the powerhouse that they've turned into and now, uh, you know, uh, has, have been the number one, uh, team in the country a couple of times, um, in his tenure. And so yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, that's, that's what I, that's why I chose to go down there and, uh, you know, getting the chance to work for the team was fun as well. My dad actually grew up in Egan back when there was 11,000 okay. people there. Uh, so it's, it's grown a little bit, I would say. And he was also not a Troy Judding fan too. So let's just throw that one out there as well too. And went to the University of Minnesota. So we got a lot of problems sure. going on there. Before I ask my second question, I also have a fun little story for you. So when I was playing hockey in college, um, we used to, when we were traveling, used to stop at various campuses across the country, usually at their cafeterias along the way when you're traveling. And Mankato was actually one of the places that we stopped. And we used to do this thing, what was called shoe checks. Do you happen to know what shoe checks are? Uh, I, I don't give, no? shoot, give it to me. Yeah. So, so what shoe checks are is essentially while you're eating a team meal, it doesn't, um, obviously it's kind of on the road. You wouldn't really do it at home, but um, when you're on the road at a cafeteria, because there's, you know, there's potentially hundreds to a thousand people that you don't know in the cafeteria, what you do is you take a particular food item or a particular sauce or something, um, usually a food item, because you don't want to get like ruin people's clothes, but you have to crawl under the table or in some way without the other person noticing, take this food item and put it on the tip of their shoe and get back to your seat and then tap your glass. And if you do that successfully, the person who has the food item on their shoe has to do whatever the veterans of the team tell them to do. I have been shoe checked one time in my college hockey tenure and it was actually in Mankato. And what the guys had me do is they had me grab an orange and get on my hands and knees in the Mankato cafeteria in front of everybody and push it with my nose across the cafeteria and say, beep, beep, I'm a Jeep all the way across the cafeteria. So that's my memories of Mankato are a little bit different. I think Alex than yours, but I wanted to ask a little bit about the matchup this weekend. Uh, when you look at the St. Cloud state, when you look at the St. Cloud state roster, um, is there a particular uh, player, a particular line? What stands out about St. Cloud State as a Mankato fan preparing for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, uh, St. Cloud has always had a lot of speed um, and the depth has, has always been amazing. Uh, you know, going back to the Motsko days, but now with Brett Larson too, um, you know, he does a fantastic job recruiting. He's got amazing assistants that help him with that and Dave Shayak. And, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, a guy that, uh, uh, that I've talked to Nick about last week is Zach Okabe. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's, he's had some experience playing Mankato. He's had a, uh, a four goal game in the past. And so, 
uh, which just was a little um, unbelievable. And it had Mariucci too. So that was, that was crazy. Um, but the Brazinski's, uh, what a, what an amazing family and, uh, um, you know, another, you know, amazing player leaving his mark on, on the career. Um, and, uh, you know, another guy, Micah Miller, I've always loved his game, you know, going back to the, to the high school days and the uh, high school hockey tournaments. And so, yeah, um, just, always just always amazing depth and and the, and the blue line is is always is fast and, and big and i'm looking forward to seeing a guy like jack pert uh being a minnesota wild fan and, and helping out on lockdown wild podcast so looking forward to seeing seeing him and sam henches too um uh you know another uh, wild draft picks so yeah uh, you know something to look forward for uh minnesota wild fans too to see if they they can make it make it to iowa and then you know maybe at some point in their career uh, get a call up uh, to the to the big squad in, in the minnesota wild and then uh david rennick uh you know he's you know, always, always been uh, um, you know, calm and collective back there in an LA Kings uh, draft pick. So anytime you get a, a drafted goalie, that that definitely helps. So um, uh, the going goalie matchup between uh, the, uh, him and uh, him and Dryden should be should be fun. I'm expecting a couple low scoring games, but you know it could be the complete opposite <laughs> the, the way the way these teams yeah. scored the first weekend. Seriously. True, uh, Alex. For the for the Huskies fans that are watching uh, us here throughout the week. Uh, you know, you just mentioned uh, numerous St. Cloud players. We're definitely all familiar with them. But for those who are maybe not so familiar with Mankato and their roster, and, you know, I think Dryden McKay is certainly a college hockey, but how about some forwards or defensemen that the hockey fans should really be paying attention to, or maybe just as a casual hockey fan, uh, players that are just so fun to watch because just so good at what they do? Yeah, um, you guys saw um, a little bit of what uh, what this kid can do in the NCAA uh, tournament last year but uh his name is nathan smith uh junior forward uh he's from tampa florida which which is amazing he's, he started playing out playing roller hockey and you know had no really connection family-wise to the game before and so it's it's amazing to see uh the growth of college hockey too um yeah he's a winnipeg uh, jets draft pick and i think he's gonna play in the nhl um he's a, he's a big kid um you know he's physical he you know, shoots the, the light out of the puck. Um, you know, he's amazing on the power play. Um, just, you know, he's uh, him and uh, Julian Napravnik, um, who I mentioned to Nick last week too, uh, a kid from Germany. Uh, he's the last of the couple of German pipeline that the Mavs have had. Uh, going back to Mark Michaelis, who signed an NHL contract, and Parker Toomey, he's playing over in Europe right now. Um, you know, he's he's a kid, another sniper um, who had a, a fantastic weekend. Nathan Smith had had five points over the weekend. Uh, uh, so, yeah, watch out for him. On the back end, uh, you got Akito Hiroshi. Uh, he is, you know, an amazing puck-moving defenseman. Um, and he's also got uh, Jack McNeely back there, fifth-year guy who came back with, with the COVID years from, from Elk uh, River. And also uh, one of his high school teammates, uh, Benton Mass, um, who was a transfer from New Hampshire, uh, Washington Capitals draft pick. So, um, yeah, Mankato uh, dipped into the into the transfer um portal as well um and then also to complete the trio of uh of elk river kids reggie lutz uh came back uh for a fifth year and he also had a really good weekend scored um on friday the game-winning goal uh 55 seconds into the game so yeah those are some of the guys to, to watch out for from mankato 
We've talked a lot about it in St. Cloud State Hockey. It took them 92 seasons, 92 years to finally get to a national championship game. Mankato has kind of been in a similar position in terms of their NCAA tournament appearance. I believe 0-6 last year before finally punching their ticket to the Frozen Four. Uh, one of those players, too, was Ryan Sandlin. It would have been really neat to see him match up against his dad in the national title game as well, too. What does it mean for this Mankato program to finally see them have success at this level and kind of make themselves known in the national spotlight? It means everything it means, uh, you know, a lot to recruiting. Um, they continue to get better and better um, guys, uh, which, which is huge. And you, you're seeing it in the transfer portal too. getting a guy like Ben Master from, from New Hampshire. They had a Michigan transfer and then a Clarkson transfer as well. So that, you know, that helps so much uh, when, when it comes to recruiting, because that's the name of the game, right? You have to get the, the players in, um, you know, and, um, just as, um, you know, as a fan base too, they, you know, um, you can finally say, Hey, <laughs> finally got in the win column. Um, uh, and also just for alumni too, it's, it's huge that, you know, they put in the blood, sweat and tears to, to get to the, uh, where the program is now. Um, and you know, just the, the way they did it too. um, coming, uh, two goals down against Quinnipiac, you know, everybody thought it was over and then they, they tie the game late and then when it, uh, when it there um, in overtime. And so it was huge. Uh, also a huge beating a team like the Gophers too on that in the, in the national stage. Um, it shows that, you know, they can beat the top of the top uh, for, for, um, for programs. And uh, yeah, they're showing it now beating the defending champs on the road. Um, you know, they they raised a banner. And so, yeah, um, you know, this program, uh, you know, you get a couple wins and in the, in the national tournament and you just get confidence and you, you know, you bring it into the, into this, you know, uh, season now here, uh, to get a chance to, to play, uh, uh, St. Cloud, another, another top team. And, you know, if they, if they can play well this weekend too, they got the icebreaker next, next week, which you potentially play. So you play Providence and then the winner, uh, or the second game would either be Michigan who's stocked with first round draft picks or the, or the, or the Bulldogs. So, um, you know, helps, helps pairwise down the road and, uh, just fun to, fun to see, uh, you know, these monster matchups at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I wish more teams would do it. Um, you know, it really challenges it and it gives you some adversity to, to start the year and, and, you know, helps sit down the road for sure. We've talked about a lot of painful moments for St. Cloud State hockey, and we've talked about it um, with some players, two foreign players. Robbie Jackson was very candid with us. Nick Perbix a couple weeks ago had talked about the AIC moment and what that meant. Alex, for the Husky fans, I'm going to ask you, what do the words Nolan Walker mean to you? And more importantly, have you actually, stepping back from it, have you learned to appreciate the redirect on that play a little bit, or will it forever be a memory that will be etched in painful lore for, as, for you as a Mankato fan? Uh, seeing that gift gives gives me nightmares all the time but it it was an amazing goal um you can't you have to give nolan credit it was just incredible uh, i'd rather see um a goal like that than you know uh, just happen to like bounce off somebody's shoulder and then um you know it was the perfect goal um dryden was in great position and it just you know just went in uh you know it was devastating but uh you have to appreciate it and uh um, you know, it was a battle of a game, um, you know, both teams, um, you know, had, had their chances and, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't ask for, for a better goal, um, you know, if, if that's how it was going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um, 
Nolan's a hell of a player. Um, you know, that comes from Alaska all the way down to St. Cloud. So, um, yeah, credit, credit to finding a kid like Nolan and, uh, yeah, he's, he's fun to watch and, uh, looking forward to, um, some more memories down in Mankato this weekend and having a full crowd. I, I we've all missed, uh, having full crowds. And so you couldn't ask for, for a better rematch, uh, one, one, two in Mankato on a rocking building. Uh, you know, people can drink. And so that will be, <laughs> Yeah, that always adds to something. And so, yeah, really, uh, really looking forward to it. I'm going to take a page out of uh, my co-host's book. Go ahead. That's a two-parter. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, I promise i never do this, but here we go. I'm breaking my own rule. Um, we'll start with part one. Um, you know, Alex, we, we talked early in the show about having, and actually I tweeted this out earlier, uh, four Minnesota teams in the top five here week two. Uh, that's insane. We haven't seen... Uh, this sort of uh, respect for Minnesota college hockey in some time, right? I think we have to go back to the old WCHA or to really find this. Uh, but, you know, when you have the, the situation that we are now where you have all this attention on the state of hockey, and especially now just not for the pros, but in the collegiate program, uh, I, I guess, you know, what does it say about the state of college hockey for these programs and around the state? I mean, how good is it to be, a college hockey fan here in the state of Minnesota right now. Oh, it's amazing. Um, you know, it, it, it says a lot about the coaches at, at all these schools and now including Rico Blase at, uh, at St. Thomas, you know, they had a tough, tough first weekend, but he's an amazing coach. Um, he knows how to recruit here in Minnesota too. Um, and when, with all the stops he's been at Miami, he built them into a powerhouse and kept them, um, as a powerhouse for, for a long time. And so, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know, Mike Hastings does an amazing job, uh, in Mankato. You got Tom's territory up, up top there in Bemidji. Um, you know, they made the tourney last year too. So that's fun. Uh, Scott Sandlin, uh, you know, has always been, been, been great at, at Duluth and, you know, they, you know, they lose a couple assistants, uh, over the years and he still, still keeps things rolling, uh, St. Cloud you know you lose Motsko and Larson takes over and still still keeps them you know at the top and even better I would say um so yeah and then you got Bob at, at Minnesota um and they are starting to uh, uh, turn things around and uh, I think this is going to be the best team he's ever had this year um just with with uh, the freshmen they brought in and uh yeah so it's it's it says a lot um the best players are coming out of this state we have the best coaches. So, you know, this is a fun time to be not only a fan of your own program, but of all the, of all the teams here in Minnesota, for sure. And then to follow up on that, Alex, you know, we, we talked about COVID and we've talked about how, you know, in, almost in a way we've asked um, our athletic director, Heather Weems, you've asked numerous other head coaches, you know, this non-conference schedule that we saw, right. And we saw, the Huskies playing the Gophers and then Wisconsin and then Mankato, but Midgies later on in the season, uh, obviously St. Thomas this first weekend. And as you mentioned, they will improve. In fact, when we, when I talked to Rico before the games uh, this weekend, his answer was, was very poetic. He's like, you know, how, how awesome is it to be here at the Herb where, you know, you, there's no doubt he's smiling down that a sixth Minnesota squad is now a division. Like essentially that's what he envisioned was to continue to grow the game. And this, uh, you almost can't think of a better way, but you know, to have this kind of excitement second week of the season is it's not something that we've seen often. Uh, if you were the you know the head commissioner per se of Minnesota College Hockey, would you continue to support and encourage these early sort of non-conference games between these in-state clubs 
because not only does it generate interest when the clubs are this good too. I mean, we're talking going back to when Mariachi was full and Verizon Center, they're full. I mean, again, we're not even midway through October. We've got a marquee matchup this weekend. Uh, should they continue this type of scheduling years forward here from here on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it brings back all the old uh, WCHA uh, conference rivalries. Um, fans can uh, drive to games, which is huge, um, and, and see their team on the road. Um, you know, it, I think I think that's so much fun too. And you know, to keep building interest in college hockey, um, uh, the games are, are you know not as expensive as going to see the Wild or you know going to see a Viking game. Um, so you know, it's not as as expensive. Um, and uh, you know, it's it. I think the best part is um, a lot of these kids played against each other in high school too. So they can, or in junior. And so they can keep up those rivalries that they had when they were younger. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just fun. Um, you know, there's nothing better than having both, both fan bases in the same arena um, and they can <laughs> chirp each other. Um, and uh, yeah, it just creates, creates so much fun, get the bands into it and, uh, and the cheerleaders and, and, and everybody involved. Um, you know, that's, that's the best thing about college hockey is, is the rivalries. And so um, I think too, with, with cutting down costs with, with, with everything, you know, with COVID still going on, um, I think it makes sense, you know, to have teams be able to, to drive then instead of having to take a plane. So, yeah, I hope, I hope they continue it. Uh, it'd be fun to, you know, get the, the big 10 and the uh, CCHA teams to, to play each other uh, a ton at the beginning of the year. It not only helps, um, you know, um, you know, like I said, create rivalries again, but uh, can help in the pairwise too. Um, and that's that's the name of the game. Uh, you know, it's not a it's not a committee that just individually picks you know uh, teams to go. You know, they have that computer system, so yeah, you gotta you gotta win on the road. You gotta play some top teams, and uh, you know why not with with how the Minnesota teams are rolling. Um, and then you got Wisconsin close too, so and North Dakota, so. Yeah, great for the growth and investment in the game of hockey for people, especially in the Midwest, because I think that we're we're a little bit inclined to be, you know, near and dear to the old WCHA and what it really brought us, kind of the, the golden years of college hockey in the mid early to mid 2000s. Before we get to some Minnesota Wild talk, Alex, I suppose it's only fitting since uh, you're a Mankato fan, we're a St. Cloud, we're St. Cloud State fans. Why don't we get some predictions for this weekend as to what we think uh, um, the the games are going to end up? You know, is it going to be a split? Is it going to be a sweep? And what do you think the score? are going to be friday and saturday yeah i went split last week for mankato and i i you know I, <laughs> I i thought that's what was going to happen and so but i, I almost i almost had it on on sunday uh, and then they scored five unanswered which was uh, incredible right. um yeah, yeah. I, I i did not expect that so uh you know talk about facing adversity and, and coming out on top over it uh um i'll go with the split again um i just both teams are incredible. I, I can't see a sweep either way, but if, if, but if there's a sweep, yeah, color me shocked. Uh, uh, I'll say, uh, I think both, both games will be low scoring just with how the, um, how good the goaltenders are. Um, I will say, I'll say Mankato wins Friday night, uh, two to one. Um, and then St. Cloud wins three to two on, on Saturday. Right. I'm, like I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback it out of that. No, I'll be the voice of St. Cloud almost flip flop. I think St. Cloud is going to, come in uh, on Friday and actually pull out the victory. I'm going to call it three to two uh, on Friday. I'm going to think a one, nothing uh, shutout for Dryden McKay to tie Ryan Miller on Saturday. Um, I, I just, again, this, 
both these teams are so stacked up, down, in the front, uh, in the back end, and in goal. Um, the, the one thing that worries me for a St. Cloud uh, uh, fan is just, you know, Verizon's an NHL ring, is that correct? The dimensions? Yeah. 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 So they, they showed that that less that least amount of space in St. Thomas and also not taking 10 to 11 penalties a game, you know, hurts, you know, help hurts them too. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a little bit of an advantage for, for St. Cloud on Friday, just because, you know, they're, they're going to be a little bit more hyper-focused to it. I think on Friday um, after kind of a, uh, a little bit more of an adjustment Saturday uh, with St. Thomas at the X. And then with Mankato having a bit of a chip on their shoulders, I do think they're going to come up, lock things down, really try to take the speed away from the St. Cloud and come away with a one nothing shutout on Saturday. I can't say anything about a split. And, no, I think uh, me and Alex would agree. If, if a team does split, we're, this is not, you know, barn doors being blown off. These are going to be very too close, highly contested contests uh, down there at the Verizon Center. It's going to be great, great hockey theater to watch, and I'll must watch and me personally if you're a college hockey fan. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with three to one. Uh, or uh, yeah, I'm going to go with three to one Mankato on Friday night. And then I'm going to go with a four to three overtime victory for the Huskies on Saturday. I think the the OT is going to come into play at least once. The reason I'm going with Mankato on Friday night um, is simply because of the fact that they've waited six and a half months for some redemption. That's, and you've got a lot of the, that core returning. And I think they're chomping at the bit. You've got a lot, a lot of the core for St. Cloud returning too, but I think they're chomping at the bit. And I think uh, the emotion and the adrenaline is going to kind of carry over into that first matchup. And then I think the Huskies are going to settle down uh, on that Saturday night as well. Nick, do we have any more ho- um, college hockey questions that we wanted to throw out? Or do we want to uh, kind of turn our focus to some Minnesota wild stuff? I think we can certainly turn our focus to Minnesota wild. Uh, you know, uh, Interesting, um, Alex, actually today uh, while picking up Rem Pitlick off of waivers, uh, you know, and it's surprising not because of, you know, just the move for Rem Pitlick, right? It has implications on some of those younger forwards, uh, especially. Uh, I can see that uh, we have a, a line shot there from, from yeah. Noah Grant. For those who are listening to the audio podcast, it looks like, uh, you know, Mr. Noah Grant, or should I say Coach Grant, uh, has tried to come up with his own, uh, you know, forward line combinations. But this does sort of lead, at least I think, and I want to get your opinion on this, it seems like Bill Guerin has, in between the lines, right, has kind of hinted that Marco Rossi, uh, as good of a player that I think he is, I think he's, there's a giant hint that he may start in Iowa. I'm not sure if you get more of a sense of that. You agree with it? Or and does the Rem Pitt like pick up uh, on waivers? Does that kind of solidify that some of these young players are back uh, doomed for Iowa? Yeah, I think so. Um, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think yeah, him and uh, Kalen Addison on the back end too, um, just with with all the guys, uh, the depth defensemen that they signed late there. Um, I just don't, I don't see uh, the purpose of him, you know, just sitting in the press box. So I think, um, you know, more time in, in Iowa um, is, is okay for him. And then Rossi too, um, you know, he's still getting up to full speed with uh, yeah, after COVID and everything. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, signing Ram because by signing him, uh, if they were to try to place him in Iowa, they'd have to put him on waivers again. And so um, that just doesn't make much sense to, to pick him up and then have him, you know, be snatched up in waivers. So, you know, I think he's going to be given a, a, a big chance to, to make the club. Um, uh, a guy that um, that has really impressed me is Adam Beckman. Mm-hmm. He's really pushing to make the team. So, um, you know, that I think, uh, you know, he's still right there to, to make it. Uh, I hope, I hope he does get a chance at, at, at some point, uh, just cause, um, the kid can score. So, um, and he's cheap. And so that's the name of the game too. And in, in the NHL <laughs> is, uh, is finding those cheap contracts that you can 
you know, fit in on the third and fourth lines. And that's going to come into the play with, uh, with the buyouts of uh, a Parisian suitor here too. when <laughs> they take up a, a big chunk of the salary cap for not even being on the team. So, um, but oh, yeah, come I think, on. I think it's, Rossi... it's only 14 and a half million, Alex, what's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Billy G's got, uh, I mean, Billy G we trust. I think he's done an incredible job so far, um, changing the core around and, uh, they've, they've hit on, on a couple of their uh, past drafts. So, um, it, yeah, it's fun. Uh, um, you know, got another Russian coming here soon too to join, uh, Krill and, and Kuznodinov. And so, yeah, it's fun. Uh, um, can't wait. Uh, and we got a, <laughs> Uh, a, a number a number one goalie too uh that in the future too so um yeah it's it's fun uh, we'll see see how they do uh back in the central um it's gonna be a lot tougher than these cupcake teams that they were playing out out west and uh in arizona and anaheim and san jose and la that just weren't very good teams so uh, it'll be fun to see him play chicago again and, and you know in dallas nashville uh, get all those in St. Louis, get all those old rivalries going again. Like, you know, really looking forward to it. Interesting. You mentioned the cupcake teams. There's been an interesting perspective on Kirill Kaprizov that I think we'll get to as well, too, where some people see that maybe he, he isn't the full fledging star because of the teams he's played. So I'm curious on your thoughts on that, but let's go back to the roster piece as well. Kind of looking at where the potential spots might be. Kaprizov, Erickson, Zuccarello, they're definitely going to be in the lineup. Fiala, Felino, Sturm, Greenway, they're all going to be there. Although Greenway, I think, you know, needs to continue to play well in order to keep that position. Uh, Nick Bukestad, um, Goudreau, and then Hartman, I think are three guys that are going to stick as well too. Uh, the question marks here, I think, I think you've got Victor Rask, Matt Boldy, Adam Beckman, uh, Rem Pitlick and maybe even Kyle Rao is maybe a depth guy that you can potentially put in the press box there. And you've only got really two spots there between Rast spot and that extra winger spot to fill, you know, five guys potentially that could fill that role. Who do you see slotting in in the final two spots of that lineup? Is it Victor Rask and Matt Boldy? Does Rem Pitlick get a shot? Um, what do you do with Adam Beckman at this stage? Does he, does he get a shot early or do you still send him down? Yeah, the the Rem Pitlick thing kind of uh, makes things interesting for Adam Beckman. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I, I want to see Adam Beckman make the team, but um, it looks like probably Rem Pitlick's going to be the 13th forward. You know, the guy sitting in the press box, which um, you know, which is too bad. But um, you know, you know, Victor Ask, um, you know, also, you know, he they might place him on waivers, so you know, and stick him in Iowa. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, it creates uh, some interesting uh, spots for sure for Billy G. Uh, you know, and Kyle Rao always seems to be the guy, the in betweener. Um, mm -hmm. You know, driving from from a, from Iowa back to the to the big club up here. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I would love to see Adam Beckman make it, but it's it sounds like with with Ram uh, just you know having you know having him to you know play some on waivers again, it doesn't make much sense. So he seems like he's going to give get all the chance to, to be that 13th forward. Um, yeah. So, so, and, and, you've got, and you've got Victor Rask kind of slotted in there for now, uh, potentially uh, on that winger spot is Matt Boldy, the guy that, that slots into that middle six somewhere. Uh, you know, I think he has to be, um, you know, he proved it late uh, when he joined the Iowa wild coming off uh, Boston college uh, exiting the NCAA tournament. Uh, all he did was put up points down there. Um, and uh, I think, I think they, they're going to need a spark on the power play too. Um, and so, you know, he can play on that second unit um, and, and try to give him a spark. Um, I wish he would have 
played in that Vegas series, but you know they didn't. Uh, you know they didn't want him. You know to start. Uh, uh, you know in a playoff game, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to his development. Everywhere he's been, he's put up points and uh, and dominated. Um, so, yeah, I hope I hope he gets a chance to to not only play some some heavy minutes, but uh, also uh, join the power play. Uh, Alex, you know, we, we talk about Victor Rask and, you know, what he brings and maybe what he doesn't bring, but the, the real nature of the conversation is where is the center depth for this Minnesota Wild, right? Uh, you know, there was uh, lots of rumblings. Uh, Billy G even mentioned, you know, that's the one area that we have to improve on. Uh, Minnesota was, you know, linked to potentially a Jack Eichel trade and knowing just how, A, really wire the injury is, uh, sort of the surgeries that, you know, maybe are needed or slash rehab, we can go off on a tangent on that whole situation. But, you know, is really the biggest hole for this uh, offense still in the center spot? And uh, or with the three signings on defense, you know, are there some question marks in the back end too with between John Merrill, Dmitry Kulikov, and even maybe Jordy Bent? Yeah, I'm, I'm more worried about the defensive depth now. Uh, losing Carson Soucy and Suter, I think, is huge. I, I think Soucy... Uh, I think Susie was extremely underrated, um, you know, and, and losing a guy like Ryan Suter who played a ton of minutes um, and a lot of important minutes for, for this team. So, you know, Jonas Brodeen and, and Spurgeon can't play the entire game. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who gets those third pairing uh, D minutes. Um, you know, so I think, you know, that's still important. Uh, part uh, to your team um it's also going to be interesting to see a guy like eric's neck how he handles being a top line center um it's a lot different than than what he was doing when he was playing on the third line um and so um he's you, you face you know the top pairing d a, a lot more um and there's going to be constant pressure on him uh and so, yeah, you know, just take a look at like when you play a team like Chicago, uh, they'll be going up against Jonathan Taves. So one of the best centers in the game. Um, so, um, and, you know, in the faceoff dot, uh, yeah, that's huge too, huge part of being a top center. And so uh, we'll see what he can do with, uh, with uh, Kirill and, and Zuccarello who already have a really good chemistry and they showed it last night too with Kirill getting two goals. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing how act does in that top uh, uh, center spot and then seeing how, how the Everson handles uh, the depth guys back there on the, on the back end, because uh, these teams that they're playing in the, in the center, are a lot more dangerous, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, powerful scoring offenses. So uh, we'll see, see how it goes for sure. That was my question, Noah. That's that's when you uh, come in the fray. Yeah, I, w- I was actually going to let you follow up because I've been taking uh, quite a bit of the questions. But nonetheless, um, I've only got two questions. Yeah, I was trying to be nice for once. Um, I- I've only got. I'm shocked. I've, I've only got two questions for you. I'm going to start with a quick one here, Alex, because Nick and I have already given our predictions. Nick has Minnesota picked to finish third in the central. I actually have them as high as second in the central this year. Alex, where do you see this team finishing in their division? And uh, are they potentially going to have a deeper in the playoffs or is it going to be a first round exit once again? Yeah, I, I have them finishing third too. Um, I have, I have, <laughs> I have Vegas, uh, I have Vegas winning, winning the division. Um, and then a lot of people think this is surprising, but I have St. Louis finishing second. I just, uh, uh, I think Jordan Bennington is the, is the real deal. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of had a tough, tough season last year, but, um, I just like the moves they made, um, and re-signing Colton Pareko, I think was huge. 
Uh, he, um, he was a huge factor in them winning the Stanley cup a few years ago. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think they're so well coached with, uh, Baruby. Um, and yeah, watch out for St. Louis. Uh, they, they are tough. They, with the structure they play, it's, it's incredible, but I think, I think the wild sneak in there. Um, you know, I think, I think Cam Talbot's going to have to come up big, you know, especially with, um, um, with the D depth, uh, not as great as it's been. Um, and so I think he's up to the challenge. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, we'll see what, uh, what, uh, 97, what he can do in 22 with, uh, you know, uh, Fiala, I think having these, having those two just, just game changers and, you know, they bring so much to the, to the team and, uh, can really carry, um, uh, you know, team's offense for sure. Kaprizov is my next question, but Nick, I saw, I saw the question mark in your eye. So I want to clarify by Vegas. Did you mean Colorado in that first spot for the central? Yeah. yeah yep. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's kind of yeah. hard to run together. Not Vegas. Big. I know. Sorry. I was yeah, You're uh, good. Colorado. Um, sorry. I apologize with, uh, you know, with, uh, McKinnon, um, uh, <laughs> that top line, McKinnon, Landis, Gog, um, Ratnan, it's, it's incredible. Um, and then getting Darcy Kemper, um, you know, that, that's, uh, that's a huge pickup for them. Goaltending has always held them back. Um, and so we'll see, uh, with, uh, with him, uh, if, if he can actually carry them deep into the playoffs, Grubauer couldn't do it. And, you know, he ends up in Seattle. And so, yeah, um, I apologize. Yeah. Colorado for sure. Yeah. I just, uh, I just... speaking of goaltending, uh, Patrick Wise entered the chat, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, you bring up, you bring up a point though, Alex, you know, when you talk about Cam Talbot and the defensive depth, uh, you know, I, I we talked a little bit, uh, the other day about the scheduling for this year, especially because they've included that three-week break, which means it's a much more condensed schedule. And we talked about how as good as Cam Talbot is, right, and I think he's going to get the majority of the workload, you are going to have to, I think, to be successful, also be able to rely on Kapil Kakin in a little bit because you're going to have stretches. We have three games and four nights, a lot of back-to-backs. Um, so you're going to have to give him rest, and especially in times where you really don't get a day rest. You're getting maybe 12 hours of rest. So how important – for Cam Talbot's success, is it going to latch on how good Cam, uh, sorry, Capel Kakin is going to be? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, something that my dad has brought up uh, is he, um, he he thought that Capo uh, got got tired uh, at the end of last year, um, and you could definitely see that too uh, against St. Louis when he gave up like nine goals in that one game. Uh, you know, it just it just looked like he kind of ran out of steam. So you know, I think conditioning is is going to be huge for him and. Um, uh, you know, continuing to, to, to uh, develop as a pro and helping Cam Talbot out. Um, Cause like you said, the, there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs and, and condensed. And so, um, you know, we're definitely going to need him, especially against some, a lot tougher teams in, in the central. So um, yeah, it's, it's huge. And uh, um, you know, uh, some nights um, your forwards aren't going to have their legs. And so you need, you need the backup goaltender to step up and get a shutout or, you know, keep it one, one, two goal scorers, um, you know, you know, to that game. And um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think he's up to the challenge. Um, he's proven it. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll see if he can, can uh, keep, keep doing it. Building off the forwards. This is my final question. As we approach 45 minutes, Alex, it's crazy how fast the time has flown. We appreciate you joining us. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, number 97, in case uh, those of you who have never picked up a television, um, no, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, a uh, nine by five contract for him. Uh, is he the superstar that everyone thinks he is? Is this contract an overpay or is this an investment for the future who a guy, for a guy who will be a franchise player for Minnesota? 
I think it's perfect. Um, you, you know, you take a look at uh, Vancouver, they just signed Pedersen, you know, or extended him to three years. So, um, you know, that's, you know, people are in Vancouver all worried that they're going to lose their superstar a, a lot earlier. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think five is perfect. They met in the middle. I'm sure the wild would, would want uh Krill on an eight year, but uh, you know, it gives, you know, it gives the wild some time here too to, you know, continue to, you know, get some depth um, and uh, you know, maybe try to get more centers um, uh, and uh yeah, I think that's going to be huge. You know, uh, Kirill's watching, you know, so, um, you know, I think he's worth all the money. Um, you know, he's, I think he's the best player in franchise history, um, you know, over Gabrick. Um, and uh, what, he, what he does, you know, to the entire team, uh, he just makes everybody play better, um, brings energy uh, to the team. Um, you know, I would like at some point, it'd be fun to see him play with uh, Fiala, um, when those two are together on the power play, it's, it's something else, uh, but they'd have to find, find them a center, uh, maybe X that guy, but yeah, it would definitely be fun to see those two, um, superstars play together. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, he's definitely worth it. Uh, I'm glad, glad it's five years. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I, I mentioned it earlier, but Anytime y'all and him touch the puck, um, you, you know, you have a chance to score. Um, and so just, they, they bring a different mentality, um, to, uh, the teams, you know, you see he's, he's the wilds version of uh, McKinnon and, uh, you know, in Landeskog and, and Ratton. And so, um, it's about time that the wild have players like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's up to Billy G to keep bringing in talent like that to the team. And they've continued to do that in the draft. And it's going to be exciting to to see some of these young guys uh, break into the NHL, like a Beckman and Kustin Dinov. And so, yeah, looking forward to seeing the future of the wild too. This is my final question now, because it's kind of a build off uh, a little bit with Kaprizov too. Uh, as you mentioned, five years, $9 million. So, uh, this is where it gets interesting, right? Um, for those who are looking at the, the Minnesota Wild cap hell, pardon the French, that it's going to be coming to them even really starting next year, right? Because it's going to start with, I believe, what, $12 million and some change combined in the two years of 14. And you look at Kaprizov's contract, right? Starts your day with five, which means you have essentially his last final year where that relief is finally there after the 14 million. How difficult is it going to be to navigate Bill Guerin and the squad to keep to keep a team competitive enough to really show, hey, yeah, this is going to suck for a little bit, but we can be competitive. We can find the right pieces. You really are betting on your youth, your drafting, um, and your development process, whether it's within the organization with the Wild um, down in Iowa, also having confidence in the GM. How tricky is that going to be for uh, Bill Guerin to navigate these next three years? Uh, and I suppose part two of that is, does that mean they're going all in this year? Is this, is this the best team he's putting on because it's going to be much more difficult these next three years or do you see more of a methodical, you know, sort of, I I guess, build up of the team the next, you know, a couple of years, because again, money's just not going to be there to maybe attract those big name free agents like a Jack or somebody else that may be a free agent uh, after the end of their current term. Yeah. You you can look at a team uh, for comparison uh, that I always look to is uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, they're paying, uh, 
like four forwards, 40 million. So they take up a gigantic part of their um, cap space. You know, you're paying Marner and, and Matthews and Nylander, Tavares, top money. So um, uh, guy, uh, their GM, Kyle Dubas, you know, you have to get very unique on how you fill out the rest of the roster. And uh, you get uh, cheaper veterans to, to sign on, like a Wayne Simmons and a Jason Spezza. So, they, you know, you know um, uh, you know, Billy G is going to have to be very creative, not only, um, you know, hoping, hoping the youth can make it to the NHL at 20, 21, 22 years old, um, cause they'll have their entry level contracts. And then also finding those cheap veterans that, uh, you know, want to continue their careers and then also, you know, get a chance at trying to, to make a Stanley cup run. So, um, yeah, that's what you're going to have to do. And, uh, um, like Billy G did with, uh, the defenseman late is, is fine. Um, you know, veteran def- defenseman, maybe a little bit more rugged and, and hope that, um, you know, you might not get the offensive production from the back, but, uh, you know, you can shut down uh, teams and, and hope, hope that uh, youth up front uh, can, can really score like guys like Rossi and Boldy. Um, and then um, hope for uh, really sound uh, goaltending back there too. Um, it'll, Cause it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if they keep going with cam or if they, uh, um, you know, rock with uh, Kakanen and then, and then Wallstead, uh, you know, uh, very early too, at some point. So yeah, it's going to be interesting couple of years for sure. Alex, for those who, uh, before we sign off here, for those of uh, our viewers who maybe um, are unfamiliar with your work, I know you're, you're definitely quite uh, around in the hockey world there. Um, where could they find some of your work and uh, how they maybe best to see uh, some of the things that maybe you appear on as well? Yeah, I'm starting to really ramp up uh, hockey content here. It's, it's, it's awesome to join all these podcasts. Um, um, I'm in a podcast with you, uh, with the MNCAA, uh, through the Soda Pod affiliation um, with Isha um, and, and Scott, our state of hoppy. Um, I've also uh, joined Locked on Wild uh, with Seth Topol. Um, so that's a really fun podcast. And uh, uh, the YouTube versions are, are out now too, which is fun. Going to be joining him on Mondays. Uh, um, and, you know, kind of recap in, uh, the weekend, um, in, in the NHL. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, joining, um, uh, uh, 10,000 takes, um, uh, their, their wild podcasts, uh, every now and then. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun, fun to join with you guys. And so, yeah, any, any hockey podcasts, um, I'm available to top on and, and help out, um, for sure. And how about that uh, new profile picture? Speaking of the YouTube version for Seth Topol, the nice little frown he's got on Twitter page. If you haven't gotten a chance to check it, I think it's Seth. Seth Toops is essentially what it is. Well worth your time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's per- it's fitting for for any Minnesota sports blunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continue to have those with our with our football team, so it's uh, it's fun. Seth does an amazing job with Locked On. Um, yeah, he's, he has phenomenal guests. He's going to have, uh, uh, spoke Z on, on Fridays to, um, to get you prepared for the weekend. And, uh, yeah, so we, nice, nice bookends. Uh, and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter too. Uh, at Alex Nicoletti, um, put out a lot of clips and talk about all, all, all the, all sorts of sports. So it's fun, fun interacting with, with people and growing my brand and, and getting to talk, uh, uh, college hockey is, is one of my favorite things too, with you guys. So. Well, definitely uh, the purple and gold. Uh, we're talking about the Vikings. Uh, they go wide right, but won't won't be wide right as this matchup this weekend against the uh, the Huskies uh, and the Mavericks. It's going to be an absolute best no matter which way it goes. There, Alex. I think there's one thing that also separates college hockey fans uh, from the rest is you know, no matter if 
know, both teams are going at it. It's a one nothing win or a 10-9 just barn burner. Uh, there's always a couple of places to gather around to uh, have a, a nice, you know, relaxing beverage after the game and shake hands and, you know, just enjoy the game of hockey. So um, Alex Micheletti, again, uh, coming with us here on the Hoskins Women Out Podcast. Again, episode number 81. Uh, thank you, Alex, for joining us. We'll definitely have to do this again. And uh, I don't want to say good luck for you this weekend, but I probably should. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup, and I can't wait to watch some great hockey this weekend. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Uh, looking forward to, to getting down there on Friday, going down with my dad and creating more memories. And uh, I hope for a really competitive series for sure. Didn't your dad know that Mariucci is up in Minneapolis, right? He isn't lost, right? <laughs> yeah, he, gets, he gets a lot of crap for doing St. Cloud games, but he, he loves he loves college hockey and growing the game. And so it's it's uh, it's fun to see him uh, get to call St. Cloud games. So looking forward to being in the press box with him for sure. <laughs> Should be fun. That was like, have fun. We'll see you down there. If uh, I might be traveling down there on Saturday, I won't be able okay. to do Friday, but uh, Saturday I might see you down there. Uh, but good again, yeah, Alex, have fun and we'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. you. And once again, Nick, as always, it's great to have a guest on this show. A fantastic guest that we had today uh, in Alex Micheletti. Uh, Nick, okay, let's talk a little bit more about this Mankato St. Cloud series to give it a little bit of preview. I, I want to kind of go back really quickly before we end the show as well, too. We didn't really actually get to talk about the rebound game that St. Thomas had because of the, the nature of when our show came out. Uh, what were your impressions on uh, Sunday's matchup against St. Thomas? I think we finally got the the response in the team in St. Thomas that we expected when they were able to stay out of the box for what would culminate to be an entire period's worth of penalties the night before. Um, and then what are your expectations for this weekend? Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, definitely more of a rebound on, on Saturday for, for St. Thomas. Also, it helps, too, that you know you, you shrink the ice rink down by 15 feet. That means for St. Yep. Paul's offense or any offensive team, right, that's less time you have to, to survey the ice, less time you have to make decisions. And when the puck's on your stick, you have to know what you're going to do with it before you even get it on your tape. So I think that helps St. Thomas. Uh, for St. Cloud, I think they adjusted well. Um, I think they knew that it was going to be a response game for St. Thomas, and they did. Um, so, you know, and your priority is not that you don't want to be offense, but you also got to make sure you're taking care of your own. And uh, David Rennick getting, uh, again, his shutout bid, uh, 2 nothing win for the Huskies. I think, you know, they played a really good uh, second game of the series, having to travel down, playing a different type of building, um, and also just understanding there's going to be a response, too, from that squad, you know, especially when you, the score wasn't as lopsided as it was. You know, if you're a player in that situation, you know, you're going to come out with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Yep. They weathered the storm, they settled down, and as you mentioned, having them being out of the box, you know, that really does, you know, help the flow of the game, especially for St. Thomas. So I really was impressed uh, with St. Thomas more of what I think we were expecting um, yep. for, you know, first and second game. Um, and so it was good to see that it was a much closer matchup just in terms of where both teams were at. So I did really like the way that Senkel handled both games. Number one, they didn't, didn't take their foot off the gas in the first uh, game, um, even though it did kind of get out of hand uh, too, but also understanding that, you know, that you got to continue to replicate that same type of, uh, uh, of, of effort. And they definitely did uh, in a little bit different way, a little bit more of a defensive uh, first game for them and really held them off the scoreboard when they didn't have as many special teams opportunities they did in game one. Yeah, well, I, I first of all, I think it's important for us of wishing from here on out now, St. Thomas, best of luck in their season. I, I, you know, and I, I think that as Huskies fans, obviously, like you mentioned, we were excited to see the Huskies come out and, you know, completely dominate a hockey game to start the season. That's the start we were expecting. But I think it, 
you know, the part of us, the hockey family, the objectiveness in us said, you know, we wanted St. Thomas to, to, to look a little better in that first night and feel like they, you know, they belonged, so to speak. And I think they really, they, they had some vindication, even though they didn't win the game on Sunday, you know, a much better showing for them. And, you know, they, they might, they're not going to be an upper echelon team. I think that's fair to say, but I think a lot of people, especially after this weekend have kind of written them off into the bottom third. I don't know. I think they still could be a middle of the pack team in college hockey this year. They have the capability. They have a couple of the roster pieces, the goaltending, the coaching to do it. They just, you know, like you mentioned, I think on Sunday, they've had 13 guys that have played to have one hockey and seven guys in that lineup that hadn't. So that that's a big deal. It is. And, you know, quick, quick side note, they have the right coach in Rico. They really, yep. really do. He's a guy that's won three national championships as a coach. Uh, and as he mentioned to me when I talked to him on, uh, on Saturday at the Herb is that, you know, the expectations are we just keep getting better every game. You know, he doesn't, doesn't have this arbitrary or, you know, this sort of goals or expectations of standings or whatnot. All he wants is that, you know, for your first season, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be learning curves, but if you can learn something every single game and continue to build, you know, what you want to do is make sure you're just, you're training up, right? I think they will. Uh, Rico's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a human being too. Uh, You just really is the guy that cares for his players. He's a great teacher of the game too. And I think is something I don't think he gets enough credit for. Um, And so they really do have, I think the right person for the job. And I know St. Thomas, as you mentioned, maybe not going to be, the team that's going to, you know, per se compete for that upper lodge, but don't sleep on St. Thomas because it won't take them long before the yeah. recruiting starts to come in. And they gave it a couple of years, uh, but this team is going to be better next year. They're going to be better the year after that. And pretty soon, again, as, you know, recruits in high school, uh, or they start to look their own for where they want to go. They're going to start to nab some talent. They're going to start to draw some people away from your St. Clouds, from your Minnesota's, from your Duluth's maybe even your North Dakotas, they're going to be in the mix. And it's going to be a smorgasbord of hockey talent to be playing in the state. And you, know, you, you want that, right? That's why they're brought in. They want to be competitive. You want to see these teams just, you know, be competitive so that way they make each other better, right? That's what this whole thing's about. And, uh, you know, they got the first stage of college hockey, plenty of stuff to get better, but uh, it's going to be fun to see their development as a program as it gets to the Division One realms. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're if you're kind of going across the board, quite literally on the map, North Dakota, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. Yeah, um, and then if you really want to throw it over there, um, credit where credit is due, Massachusetts as well. You want to throw those five states in the mix. Watch all the teams from that those five states because it's going to be a very interesting time in the next couple of years for college hockey and, and the growth that Minnesota teams have had. North Dakota is always good. Wisconsin's always in the mix. Michigan's going to have a heck of a group there, especially if they can retain some of their top end guys. Um, I think they're a lot more dangerous than people that give them credit for, although they are young. That is fair. And then of course, UMass uh, Huskies fans know a great hockey team still, um, even though they did uh, get swept by Mankato. So it's going to be a tough test. It's going to be no easy game, not only in the NCHC, but the non-conference schedule as well. And uh, we're excited to be here. We're excited to cover it all excited to cover uh, the games this weekend um, and you're gonna not want to miss it stay tuned we're gonna have a recap of the Mankato series on Sunday with our weekly show as always and then we're working on a guest hopefully solidifying that for the early part of next week as well for Nick Maxson I'm Noah Grant and we will see you soon from the warming house down
seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.